The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Thank you so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius. Today we have episode 160. In the episode, I will be reading from China to Die at Grandma's House. One or two scenes, depending on what kind of listener you are. If you're a shitty one, I'm only going to do one. Why waste my time? No, I know you're not a shitty listener. Anyone that's listening to this, I appreciate. Uh, I do appreciate everyone that has subscribed, left a review. Um, all that is awesome. Share it with your friends. Super cool. I do appreciate it. Um, this week, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see I have a couple other books out there besides Grandma's House. That's because I did a little bit of reading this week, and I want to talk about TBI or CTE, but I will get to that in a minute. Actually, let's go with the books first, because I did finish reading Brian Asman's Man, Fuck This House. Excellent title. I picked it up for the title, and because I also read Jailbroke uh, from Brian, and he's a really cool dude. We've done a lot of um, conventions and stuff together. Uh, we got a couple coming up in the next few months. That'll be pretty cool to see. Uh, what kind of response he gets because this has been doing incredible over a thousand reviews um yeah so i started i picked it up for the title man fuck this house great title um but awesome book uh read it super fast quick read original haunted house uh but uh really brutal really bloody there towards the end it gets bizarre and at first i was like mm, i'm not gonna like this like that's generally not it was just, I'm usually not into really bizarre stuff, but he pulled it off. It was awesome. Did a great job with it. So overall story, incredible five stars. I'll put that up today. Uh, Derek just posted a video yesterday or two days ago, um, but I will put up my review on Amazon and then just copy it onto Goodreads and then put out a recommendation on BookBub. Very simple to do. So if you can do that for your favorite author uh, or one of your favorite authors, please, or maybe you don't even fucking like me, but please just do it anyways. Um, that would be awesome. Or for any other indie author, because man, trying to do it on our own sucks. Um, that's probably one of the reasons why I'm going through a little bit of a funk right now, but we'll get into that in a minute because another cool positive thing is Duncan Ralston's Gross Out. So I've been reading that super good book. I believe I'm only halfway through. I just picked it up, finally picked it up couple days ago but i'm a slow reader some days i don't even have a chance to read uh but no i'm just really digging it yeah so halfway through i'm actually kind of using it as a, a little treat um you know where i'm just reading a little bit at a time i like to do that with short story collections this one's kind of set up like that there's a lot of little things going on so super cool very brilliant um great writing that's one of the things i've noticed with both of them I have a very hard time when I'm reading other people's work not to catch things that you wouldn't want to do in your own writing, uh, you know, your pet peeves or whatever else. And these guys have none of those. So uh, nothing standing out. I'm just able to enjoy the story. So um, I'll finish up Gross Out next week. And then I am on to a longer novel uh, by someone from the HWA and uh, another longer one after that. And then some other short ones. And then, uh, yeah. So I'm going to keep on reading. That has been fun. That has been enjoyable. So I will keep up that process. I think it's good for me. So that leaves TBI or CTE. Um, the reason I'm bringing that up and knocking all my shit over is because um, 
I am doing, I think I talked about it a few weeks ago, the race to end CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Uh, that's a fun word to say, right? Um, that I wrote about in TBI or CTE. Although the CTE part of it, I didn't dwell on a lot. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to go on today. First off, the race, I think, is important. I think raising money for the Concussion Legacy Foundation is a great cause. I think they're doing wonderful things. I think they're warning everyone about the dangers of contact sports at an early age, any kind of head trauma, but especially repetitive. So they are working hard to have um, rules changed to let people know, just bring awareness to this situation and try to find a cure or put it into CTE. I will be donating a thousand dollars. I'll be doing that I think today. And that will be in honor of my buddy, Michael Poorman, uh, Team Big Pineapples. Uh, thank you to Carrie for sending me this. Um, that's what Michael went by. So Team Big Pineapples, I'll be running well, actually, I will be walking the 5K uh, remotely. It's taking place in Cleveland, I think. Uh, but I will be walking because my foot doesn't heal. And I know if I run, I'm going to screw it up. And Michael wouldn't want that either. So, uh, but yeah, very good cause. If you could donate, donate to Team Brown, that would be awesome. If you could donate to me, that would be even better. And if you do, you will get a free copy. I think $50 or more, you will get a copy of TBI or CT. I will sign it and send it to you as a thank you for that because it is very important now on to cte and whether or not you should think you have it i say you absolutely should not think that you have it because it is not going to do you any good at all i think it will actually do you a lot a a lot of harm i was actually it messed me up because um you know thinking that when i first started this whole deal and had to look at brain damage say okay fuck, I did a lot of damage to my brain. I'm at a shitty place and it's only going to get worse, right? Everyone says it's only going to get worse. That's what you've always seen. You see boxers go downhill. You see football players go downhill. You see these people killing themselves. You know, they, all right, that's what's going to happen. Like I fucked up. I I, I did something stupid and now I'm going to pay the price and my brain is fucked and my life is fucked and I got CTE and it's just going to keep rotting. And now all of a sudden I'm i I'm a victim. Like, no, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to be a victim. Um, I'm not going to believe I have it. I think, you know, I think most people that believe they have it, and, and this is not to say that uh, people don't have CTE. That is not a real thing. I'm saying it is, but don't believe that you have it. Like, don't be af- so afraid of it because it's not going to do any good. I would say, and the way I framed it to myself is like, okay, I'm dealing with traumatic brain injuries. Like, I'm dealing with the symptoms of traumatic brain injuries. Uh, those cause inflammation in my brain. It stopped the regulation of self-regulation of my hormones, put everything in whack, you know, did other damage, but I was able to deal with lots of the symptoms. Um, I recovered so much, uh, brain speed, brain power, um, have the test to prove it. So, uh, there should be a ton of hope. Um, I want people to know that they can get better. And if not, let's say, totally improve. Um, and also I know there are people that are way, way, way worse off than me that have trouble even getting out of bed. I feel bad for all those people, but still it's about trying to find a way. Okay. How do I, how do I deal with this? How do I, how do I get through today? You know, um, 
So yesterday I realized, uh, yeah, I was in a bad funk, a real, like pretty good depression. Uh, my wife could tell, I don't think the kids could, um, but you know, I just, I, I smoked a lot of the day just to try to, uh, dampen that and be like, you know, I have an awesome life. Why should I be feeling like this? And it wasn't crazy. It wasn't, wasn't big, but I couldn't concentrate on work. I, um, you know, it was definitely there. And that was with me doing yoga and everything else in the morning. So today I kind of woke up feeling the same way. Um, and again, it's like, I got to look at this. I got to examine this. I went and did yoga and that was helpful because it's 30 minutes of yin. So I was able just to breathe and think and let shit go. Um, and then weightlifting, that was good, positive, uh, fast pace. So I felt better when I got done, but there's still something there. Um, but I just need to be aware of it and I got to figure out, okay, what's going to help me get through it today? Like yesterday, some of the things I was trying didn't really work. They didn't work that great. I even, I picked up the guitar that helped a little bit, but I only do like five or 10 minutes because I just wasn't into it. Um, today I will go into the sauna. I'll see how that goes for a writing session. See if I can get anything positive going there. Um, I'll do another breathing session. I think that will help. Uh, so I just had to try different things. So, um, you know, whatever it is, like for some people, it might be going into an ice bath or just take a cold shower. Maybe that's going to be enough to, to help you out a little bit that day. But yeah, I think really thinking of just focus on fixing a problem, focus on finding the remedies, finding the things that are going to help you best deal with your symptoms. Um, this week I skipped my hypnosis uh, session, which is kind of a bummer. Maybe that's part of why I was in a funk. Um, but you know, that's another thing that has really helped a lot. It's really helped a lot with my overall anxiety, overall, uh, rage issues, you know, and worried about being triggered. So, um, yeah, there's definitely stuff out there. There's so many things that I didn't even try, you know, for my traumatic brain injuries, all I did was, I shouldn't say all I did, but I did the hormone regulation through Dr. Mark Gordon. Uh, that was incredible neurofeedback through Dr. Licata, um, and vital head and spine. That was huge. Nuka made a big difference too. My Atlas and Axis were off quite a bit, which was impacting, you know, what was going up and down my spinal cord. So that obviously would make a big difference. Uh, so I did a lot in, in, you know, brain testing, the language learning, the, all these things to work my brain, playing music, um, you know, being very, very proactive. Uh, so whatever you can do, and maybe you don't have, you know, I have probably more time than the average person. Um, still busy because I, I want to write. I want to do other things. I got to take care of the kids. I got to clean the house. I got got a lot of shit to do. Uh, but I'm going to make time to do things. You know, uh, I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be like, oh, I got I got CTE. I'm fucked. You know, like, no, no, uh, that's a, that's for sure. A self-fulfilling prophecy. If I had gone that route, I would have already probably killed myself because I would have still been depressed. I would have been super depressed that I thought I had this thing that was only going to get worse. So don't do that. Try not to do that. Why do that? Um, I think it's great to be in support groups with other people that have lost people, you know, to CTE and everything else and to get support. But um, I would recommend not being a victim. All right, guys. So that said, if you can help NCTE, join the race to NCTE, uh, make a small donation. That'd be awesome. Uh, and if you're not able to financially, I completely get that. I understand. Uh, but you could let someone know 
about it. You could let parents know like, hey, maybe look into this. You know, if you're going to let your kids play tackle football young at a young age or, or soccer, make sure they're not heading and just alerting other people to the dangers of that early and repetitive uh, blows to the head. All right, guys, let's move on. Part of what I've been dealing with too, besides the depression or whatever we're going to name it, being in a funk has been the urge to self-sabotage, self-destruct, fucking just stop everything. And not everything. I don't want to stop this podcast. I don't want to stop my newsletter. I do want to just say fuck all social media and not even use it at all. Uh, But I realized that would be a terrible thing to do. That would not be good for my career. Um, So why do it? But I don't know. That's just one of the things. I I hit that place every so often where I just get tired of it. I just don't want any part of it. I think it's just largely negative. Um, The only real positive I get out of it, other than, you know, putting my stuff out there and people might see it and pick it up and buy it or share it is the interactions I get in the dark and disturbing fear-filled fiction. Other than that, I really don't care about it. I don't use it for personal purposes. I don't want to catch up with friends or like any of that stuff. I, I, I have enough stuff in my life. I don't need outside to be happy. I think most of that is going to probably make me either jealous or whatever, whatever negative emotion it's going to be, or I'm going to see something that upsets me. And maybe I'll see something funny, but it's probably going to be a waste of fucking time. So that's how I really feel about social media, but I will try to keep on it as long as possible. I will not allow myself to self-destruct. And, you know, that's one of my huge negative uh, traits that I need to be aware of. So, um, yeah, I don't want to go down that path because that would not be a good thing. So, and terrible role model for my children. All right, so... Now that I've dealt with that and admitted it, I can move on, let that shit go, post some stuff. I don't know. I'll post something today. Actually, I did post something today. Instead of talking about being depressed and putting up something negative, um, I put up a picture, a video of me petting my cat while he's on my lap. And so I was like, all right, maybe I'll make someone else feel good today too. As for the rest of the week, it's been good. Did uh, four days of yoga so far. Friday will be five. We do the 30 for 30 interdimensions program, which is 30 days of yoga. Each session is 30 minutes. So that's been cool. And then we jump into weights tomorrow. We might do the pool, a pool workout or something like that. Been swimming a lot with my son. Uh, Got the floating down. We practiced again last night. So now I'm feeling like a floating, not an expert, but he doesn't need to help me anymore. So that's been cool. Um, What else? He's been reading a lot, which is awesome. It's cool to see that he's really enjoying that. He's on the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Uh, my daughter reads like crazy. She'll go through all kinds of books. She read uh, Duncan Rawson's Ghostland, the part one, uh, really liked it. And so I haven't asked her about it yet. I'm gonna wait until she finishes two and three. In fact, I'm not, I probably won't even talk to her until after I've read it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what they've been up to, what we've been up to, always reading, always in books, but it's kind of cool. And on the writing front, um, although yesterday was kind of shitty, wasn't able to get much done, I have developed the characters a lot more. I know what my priest is all about. Still not sure what his name is, but um, I do know what he's about. I I think I know his beliefs. Um, Very conflicted 
wants to be a good person, been put in a really bad situation. Plus he's a sex addict and that's causing problems. So figure it out him trying to figure out his uh, private investigator brother, but he's coming along and uh, yeah, just starting to, I already went through the entire old manuscript, took what I need from it. Now it's just a matter of cleaning it up, continuing forward. Uh, that shouldn't take too long. But like yesterday, I was working on trying to die in a dark fairy tale. Evan Boffman's uh, trying to die, which is awesome. It's very funny. Uh, so today, I will probably go through the rest of what he's given me. I'll send him back my notes. And then I will go back. And then later today, I will talk with Glenn. Uh, and I need to go over his trying to die. He sent me a chapter. So I'll go over that. We'll talk about it on Zoom. And then I will go back to um, this our fucked up little family. So have to jump around a little bit sometimes, but it's good. It's fun. Like the switch from <laughs> reading gross out and, uh, and then our fucked up little family, which is all death and violence. And then going into a dark fairy tale, which is much lighter, more fun. Uh, that's kind of cool. So I like being able to switch up projects. Um, I haven't worked anymore on the cat story about the woman giving birth to a, a cat. I've written it down. I got those notes for later. For when I have time to play around with short stories, um, I will be developing that one, Tenderize, and a couple others. But I'm going to wait until I have a break from our fucked up little family and all these try not to dies. Who knows when it's going to be? Maybe I'll do that next year. Probably not because I got so much shit to do. But it's all good. So all I can worry about is today getting through it, making it positive. Okay, I'm done talking because I got some work to do. Let's get to our story time. We have Trinetta at Grandma's house. The last chapter we read, what was the choice? Oh yeah, so it's getting some exciting part. Um, something grabs my wrist. It's warm and rough and definitely not Grandma Barb. I hear the snarl. The beast is holding me and trying to open its eyes. I can't look at it. There's a small scalpel on the gurney, but I'm not sure if I can reach it. Oh no. All right, so you can grab the scalpel, stab the beast, use the scalpel to fight Grandma and Grandpa and cut Sam free, wait to get a little closer to make a move. I would, if it was me, I would grab the scalpel and stab the beast. Can't imagine stabbing Grandma and Grandpa, but who knows? All right, let's do it. Page 131, stab the beast right in his face. All right, I lunge and grab the scalpel. This beast isn't my brother, and even if it used to be, it's no longer Tim. This thing's not even human. It destroyed my best friend, and it needs to die. I raise a small, gleaming blade above my head. David, no! Grandma screams. Both she and Grandpa are coming for me, but I drive the scalpel through the beast's heart. I twist it and dig through the muscle and fat, even as my grandparents try to rip me away. The beast roars. The chains stretch tight. Its glowing red eyes catch me off guard. They're almost hypnotizing but I don't stop carving through its chest. I want the beast to see my face. I want it to know exactly who ended its life. Sam gasps. It's like someone is stepping on her lungs. Grandpa finally wrestles me away. He pulls the scalpel from my hands. It clings to the floor. Sam continues to writhe. Her back arches, her fists clench so tightly her skin turns white. I notice the tubes running from the beast to my sister. The blood has reversed course and has turned black. It's pouring into Sam. All the color drains from her face. I see the veins pulsing in her neck and cheeks. I see the poison flowing through her little body. Her eyes pop open. They're coal black for a second. Then a small glowing red dot forms in the center. 
Her hands unclench and her nails begin to turn into long gray claws. Coarse red hairs sprout from her forehead and cheeks. Her mouth opens with a silent scream and her canine teeth ripen into fangs. Grandpa Joe reaches for a syringe. Sam kicks him and he collapses over the metal table. Grandma goes to restrain her. David, help me. Grab Samantha's legs. I reach for her ankles, which are now just as hairy as her face. Her toenails have calcified into claws. She swings her foot up and drives it through my neck, the sharp pointed tips tearing through my throat. She whips her leg and my Adam's apple flies across the room. I'm clutching what's left of my neck, gasping, trying to swallow air through the gushing blood. I hit the floor and watch Grandma's shoes kick wildly as Sam shreds through her face. So that was not the right choice. Go back to 160. Wow. I chose wrong. I think I knew, but that's for champion. Okay, wait and get a little closer to make a move. Because if you use the scalpel to fight Grandma and Grandpa, things go really bad. Sister dies again. And it is not pretty. All right, 81. Here's the continuation of the real story. The beast opens its eyes. The red glow is so faint I can actually see brown irises. My throat starts to close. It can't be. No, he's dead. We, we buried him. Grandpa shakes his head but keeps focused on Sam. You buried someone Tim got hold of. What do you mean got hold of? He didn't know his own strength. It wasn't his fault. We're just trying to help your brother, dear, Grandma says. Gently, she pulls my hand from the beast's grasp. Your sister's blood is restoring him. There are tubes inserted into the beast's chest and arms. Little circles around the tubes are beginning to lose hair. The color is turning from raw pink to a light tan. It's healing him. Then, the flow of the blood in the tube switches directions. It is now flowing back towards Sam. She gasps, starts to curl forward in pain. I say, it's hurting her. Grandpa checks her vitals beeping on an EKG machine. They're spiking. He runs over to a shelf and pulls down one of the little jars. The slug floats in the formaldehyde. Grandpa unscrews the lid, dips his gloved fingers inside, and pulls out the wiggling creature. Sam continues to ride. Grandma pulls me back as Grandpa places a slug on the beast's chest. It squirms toward the tiny cuts where the tubes have been inserted. It tries to burrow in. The beast groans. The slug almost gets all the way in, but Grandpa uses tweezers and catches the tail, holds it steady. It's sucking and the blood reverses course again. Sam begins to relax. Grandpa pulls out the slug and throws it through the rippling electric force field inside the metal ring. It sizzles and evaporates. For a moment, everything is calm. Is she gonna be okay? I ask. Yes, but the work is only beginning. Grandpa walks over to the tank with the black needle teeth soul snatcher. Carefully, he carries over the tank. The creature's razor tipped tail slashes wildly against the glass. Grandpa says, this is the worst thing I've ever done. What is it? My creation. You? Why? The army wanted to alter the genetic makeup of soldiers, to crossbreed a man with an animal, but the DNA would never connect. It was never stable. So I bred this. The Torpians act as a sort of middleman, allowing the two species to morph. But why would you do this to Tim? I didn't. I can't take my eyes off the beast. My brother. You turned him into this! No, this was an accident. I told the army the Torpians had died, but I'd smuggled a few out of my lab on the base. The army still had my notes, and I knew eventually they'd try to recreate my mistake. So I needed to learn how they could be destroyed. I was very careful, but your brother found a way to pick the lock. He set the first two loose into the woods. Can't blame Tim. You brought these things here. I'm not blaming him. I'm trying to save him. 
Grandpa Joe grabs a small pole with a wire loop on the end. I've seen these on nature programs. Hunters use them to capture snakes in villages. Grandpa lifts the lid ever so slightly and inserts the loop. The torpion lunges and nearly slices his hand, but he gets the loop around his neck and slowly brings its head over the lip of the tank. Grandma grabs a vial and hands it to Grandpa, who forces the creature to bite through the cap. Venom drips into the vial. This fluid binds and stabilizes the DNA. It'll stop her from transforming. He inserts the syringe and draws out the venom while Grandma preps Sam's arm. I'm about to tell her to stop, that they're not injecting her with anything, but I see the video monitor showing the garage and the storm doors. It's a night vision shot of torpions crawling through the small opening Sam and I created with a tire iron. They're streaming into the garage. Grandma stops holding Sam and turns. Oh, God. I hear the gravel crackling on the other side of the sliding steel door. I think we're safe, but then the floor tiles in front of the door begin cracking. Bits of dust and tile explode. They're burrowing under, Grandpa Joe says. We have to go. He pulls the syringe from Sam's arm. Clearly, he didn't finish administering the full amount. Grandma Barb picks up two metallic rods. The tips are wrapped with white gauze. They look like giant Q-tips. She shoves both into the shimmering electric field. A sizzling burst. The tips radiate blue fire. She hands one to me and keeps the other. Grandpa is unhooking Sam. He asked me, did you shut the upstairs door? I, I don't know. Think. I, I remember running to the lawn and around the house. No, no, I didn't. Okay. He unshackles the beast who looks sort of like Tim now, but still hairy and pale. His face is wider, his nose flat. Grandpa holds something under Tim's nostrils. Tim jerks awake. Grandpa does the same to Sam. Get back, Grandma Barb says. She whacks the ground where a torpion is breaking through. The creature squeals and bursts into flames. Everyone follow me, Grandpa Joe says. He pushes a lever and the wall slides open, a hidden tunnel. We don't have time. You kids have to go. But I can't stop staring at the creatures crawling through the floor. All right, time for a decision. Head into the tunnel with Sam and the beast. Fight the creatures or run past the creatures and make it upstairs. Head into the tunnel with your sister and the beast. Fight the creatures or run past the creatures and make it upstairs. Choose wisely. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an incredible week. That's all I fucking think of. So, later. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.